0: Here's a message from Ken Lavica.
1: The NBA Finals are underway, and last night was just cool. Not just because we finally made it to a semi-normal feeling, NBA Finals, but because there's new blood in these NBA Finals as well. And for two fan bases, the Suns and the Bucks, you can just feel that it's a, oh my God, I can't believe we're here, and we've all had that, and that is why I love this series. Joe Rigotti, hit the open. On your mark, get set,
0: go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, 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 stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVecca Live on ESPN 106.3. (laughs)
1: Holy bleep, we're here. Can't believe it. Whether it's the NBA Finals or a World Series or a Final Four or a Stanley Cup Final, like last night was the essence of cool as a sports fan, memorable as a sports fan, especially if you're in Phoenix, especially if you're in Milwaukee. And uh, we can relate here in Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast as the melting pot that we are, those moments where we said, holy hell. How did my team do this? This feels amazing. Ken Levick alive, and it's amazing to be with you here on this Wednesday on ESPN 106.3. We're coming to you from the Phillips Point Towers, downtown West Palm Beach, the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, right off of the a little bit breezy and tropical stormy Intracoastal. Joe Rigotti once again hanging with me. Uh, He'll be doing so next couple of days again. Coquel will be back on Monday. He's taking some extended 4th of July and beyond vacation and i i miss my special boy but uh he'll be back on monday so last night game One, nba finals in phoenix and man that place was electric and it has been so this entire postseason but and we talked about it a few weeks ago The fact that you're seeing full arenas now, and you're seeing full force, full throttle crowds, and home court advantage, and going back to hockey, home ice advantage, and now with baseball, majority of the ballparks are full capacity. You obviously hope that everybody's done what they need to do, get vaccinated, keep themselves as safe as possible, but selfishly, it's great to just hear atmosphere again. And so the Suns beat the Bucks last night. Chris Paul goes off again. The momentum from the final game of the Western Conference Finals, he carries it in to Game 1 of the NBA Finals. And just listen to this. This is last night on ESPN. You can just get a sense of, of how wild everything is and uh, how up everyone in Phoenix is for this. And you know it's going to be the same in Milwaukee, but just listen to this from last night on ESPN with Devin Booker.
2: Play-off. It's the bottom of the rim. And the Bucs go the other way. Ooh, Holiday Stripped and stolen by Bridges. Booker out of the pack. Finds Bridges for an easy bucket. Timeout walking The lead is 13.
1: So just listen to that roar, and that's at a a relative sort of run-of-play time in the third quarter with Devin Booker, a nice fake and transition, able to find bridges for the bucket, but just that roar, and you heard it last night, Chris Paul hitting a huge three in the fourth quarter to really open things up, and... My takeaway from the game last night is not so much anything that happened on the floor unless it's the Suns' offense basically being, hey, find Brook Lopez and attack the hell out of him. like That was quite literally their game plan. Or really being surprised at Giannis's mobility, despite the fact that five days ago we thought his knee exploded. Like Those are my on-court takeaways. But you get the sense, and you can see it on social media, you can see it on the broadcast, that a lot of these fans... And uh, you're going to get the full feel when this thing goes to Milwaukee. A lot of these fans are going through, holy bleep, I can't believe my team is here moments right now. And I have several of those in my life, but I want to hear from you. When are your holy bleep, I can't believe my team is here moments? Whether you went to the finals, your team went to the World Series, your team played in a national championship, your squad was in a Final Four. Uh, hell for some of you it might be your team just flat out made the playoffs but when have you had with your team a holy bleep I can't believe we're here moment 888-760-3776 888-760-3776 and we're tweeting again at ESPN West Palm 888-760-3776 and I'll give you an example what Suns fans and Bucks fans are experiencing right now it, to me like This is case in point what I went through in 2005, uh, and I know, oh, Ken, you're regaling us with another Chicago White Sox tale? Yeah, deal with it. If you don't like it, get your own radio show. Uh, but in 2005, when the White Sox won the World Series, uh, when, they, when they went to the World Series and eventually won it, uh, just th- from the, the start of the Fox broadcast, where it's Joe Buck and at that point, Tim McCarver are on the broadcast. You just feel like, I've watched this my whole life, but now it's my team in it. And that's your ballpark that you've spent so much time in. And to have those World Series graphics. For me, it was the World Series logo painted on the field. Like, I'm not a Yankees fan. That never was something that I thought would happen to the White Sox. And there's the logo painted on the field. Or when... Illinois went to the Final Four just a few months prior. I grew up, both my parents went to Illinois, proud alums. I'm a huge Illinois basketball fan. And to see them in the Final Four, the year that they had one loss the entire season, played North Carolina in the national championship. Jim Nance, Billy Packer, talking Illinois basketball, going up against Rick Petino of Louisville in the Final Four. Like that, that was a head explosion. Holy bleep, I can't believe they're here. I can't believe they've done this and think about this too growing up in Chicago like I went through my entire childhood of the Bulls being in the finals every single season and it started in 91 I was seven years old so that's like me just coming into full-fledged uh, realization of sports and my sports fandom So I just grew accustomed to every year the finals logo being on the floor of Chicago Stadium or the United Center. Like, it was an expectation. It didn't feel weird to me. It didn't feel terribly exciting when the Bulls were in the finals because they were supposed to be there. I got excited when they held up the trophy. The visuals and Marv Albert being on the call on NBC, that no longer did it for me. But there are times just being there where you're like, oh, my God, like this is really a thing. For me, it's the White Sox in the World Series in 05. Illinois in the Final Four in 2005. Man, 2005 was a great damn year. Uh, but when with your team... Like we saw with Suns fans and Bucks fans last night, win with your team if you had a holy bleep, I can't believe my team is here moment. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us. We have a bunch of them at ESPN West Palm. Let's head to the phones and welcome in Blake in Naples. Blake, you're on Ken Levic alive Live. What's going on, Blake? Hey, man. How you doing? Good. Awesome. So for me it was it was last
3: year, man. I'm I'm from uh, Naples. I'm a big Bucks fan, mm-hmm. a big Miami Heat fan, dude. It was a good year for me last year. <laughs> um, and and for me I would say like the, the heat making you know, getting to the, uh, the finals was a little bit more believable just because of the bubble and everything and they, they were playing really well at the end of the year. But for Tampa, man, it's you know, it's last time we were in the Super Bowl it was 03, man, while I was in seventh grade and I've been such a struggling fan since then, man. So, yeah, last year was amazing for me. And to be played in Raymond James, it was beautiful.
1: Now, from a from a Bucks perspective, and, and uh, the last time that your team went to the Super Bowl and won that Super Bowl, like, that was just a squad that, with Monty Kiffin, was uh, revolving around defense. Like, you are overpowering on defense. Was it a little bit different for you because you had, like, a legit true Hall of Famer at quarterback this time around?
3: For sure, and and it's funny because I think Brad Johnson is probably like the worst quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. You know, what I mean that that was sure. all, all defensive squad.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah,
3: man. To have Tom Brady there, it was it was awesome. Man, we always had the weapons, Jameis. You know he. He, I mean, he, I think he led the league in a, a passing, you know, a couple of years ago. It's just He had the most interceptions yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, the most that's touchdowns that's and the well. most
1: interceptions. That's tough to overcome, no matter how good you are. You're exactly right, and that that was sort of one player coming of age, and appreciate the call, Blake. Um, it, now, there are different levels to this, though, too, because uh, to steal a, a, a term from Josh Cohen, um, because there are teams that – very, very early in someone's life, they will go in someone's lifetime. So this is me uh, growing up Chicago, Bears guy. So I was... A year and a half old. When the Bears went to New Orleans, Super Bowl shuffle, beat the Patriots. Refrigerator Perry, Ditka, McMahon, uh, with Roselle on his on his uh, headband. Like I don't remember any of that stuff. So I didn't have any memory of the Bears in a Super Bowl. I remember them coming up short a couple of times, NFC title games, but them going to the Super Bowl to face the Colts in uh, 2007. Like that was another one where it's like. Wow. Like, it's a whole two week lead up for the Bears. And the nation sort of rallied behind the Bears because it's the Bears. It's funny. I hate the Cubs. Hate the Cubs. Despise the Cubs. But I am full fledged, mouth breathing meatball when it comes to the Bears. And you better like that team because of tradition. So, everything I hate about Cubs fans, I am the same thing with the Bears. Um, But yeah, like, that's. I was too young the first time around. But this is to the extreme with the Bucs. The Bucs haven't been to an NBA final since 1974. They haven't won anything since 1971. I at least remember the last time the Suns were in the finals, taking on the Bulls in the third of the three peats, uh, uh, of the first three peat in 93. Like, I remember that. Suns fans, some remember that, but that's, I'm so old, that's a full generation ago. So there's a lot of Suns fans who have never experienced this. Last night was. Holy bleep, like, we're here. I've never seen this before. When if your team and you as a sports fan, when have you had a holy bleep, I can't believe my team is here moment, eight 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 seven six zero three 760 3776 760 3776 Let's go to West Palm. That's where we find Jamal. What's going on, Jamal? Hey, what's going on, man? What do you got, brother? Jamal, you hear me? Yeah, 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 what's going on, man? Hey, my...
3: My I can't believe moment, it has to be the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Philly fan. And what's funny, um, I don't know if you remember, but the dog mask came out after Carson Wentz got injured, and they yep. believed that we couldn't go on that run. I actually bought a dog mask. I put it, it's in the frame right now in my room. I was the, if you follow me on Facebook around that time, I was telling everybody <laughs> every day, we're going to win the Super Bowl. We're going to win the Super Bowl. And then the beat Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, got to be. I mean, that, that's so, that's my number one. Let me
1: ask you, Jamal. How old are you? And like, if you don't want to tell me, fine. But I think it's a pretty no, 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 safe no, no, I'll question. No, I'll tell you. I'm i 27. I'm 27. You're 27, so you do have some fond memories of the Eagles finally breaking through with Donovan McNabb after their three straight NFC title losses, but then losing uh, in Jacksonville of to the Patriots. Yeah. So, but yeah. so for you yeah. though, that's a long enough. That's a long enough distance of time. And you're right; the circumstance is so much different this time around because your MVP candidate went down with an injury in L.A., and so the backup, uh, who really uh, didn't have much to speak of from a resume standpoint, really dragged that team into the Super Bowl, and you're going up against Brady, you're right. Like, that. I could see where that's a long enough time that, that you're able to distance yourself from that previous iteration, and I guess that's something to be said for getting another shot at Brady, right?
3: Hey, hey, Brady, Brady had trouble with every NFC team in the Super Bowl. I don't know why, but... You know they, they 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 talk noise about our about our division, but if Brady facing us in the Super Bowl, it's
1: a problem. Oh, look at Jamal bringing some NFC East pride into it too, and that's something that never occurred to me. But you're right; he struggled against every NFC East team. Appreciate the call, Jamal 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. I love this NBA Finals because it's two fan bases that it's been enough time where they are almost in shock that they're in this position to play for a championship. That's why I don't need LeBron. I don't need the Lakers. I don't need the Celtics. Love the Heat. Don't need them this time around. Been there, done that. Um, These are two fan bases. In the Bucs case, they haven't been in the finals since 74. The Suns haven't been there since 93. Like This is good stuff. As a sports fan, this is the stuff I love because I've been there with the White Sox in 05, with the World Series. Every time they advanced... Uh, another round, Like I had never in my lifetime seen the White Sox advance in the playoffs. Because most of my life, it was you go right into the championship series. So they lose to the Blue Jays in 93. The strike wipes out 94. Uh, they got swept by the Mariners in 2000. So then in 2005, they beat the Red Sox, sweep them in the first round, beat the Angels in the ALCS, and go to the World Series. Like, that, a whole playoff run. There was a month and a half, and I'm in my senior year of college, where I'm like, am I on drugs? Have I been doing LSD? I didn't do LSD in college, in case you're listening, Greg and Joyce Levick are my parents. But when did you have you with as a sports fan a holy bleep i can't believe my team is here moment 888 760 let's head to lake worth and that's where we find our man shane what's up shane what's going on ken how you doing bud good brother yeah mine was sticking with the nfc East. mine was the uh 2007 Giants mm-hmm. when uh they beat the patriots So that season, it didn't look good for a while. It it did not look like that they were going to be able to even get themselves into the postseason, and then they went on a run, and that included a win over the Bears in Chicago that really sort of sparked them late in that year. And then once they got to the playoffs, I mean, the the Super Bowl is amazing. That's one of the all-time great Super Bowls, but I almost feel like the signature game of that run was going to Lambeau and beating Brett Favre, right?
3: Yeah, back in that—that was that ice cold game where Coughlin's face was bright red, and it uh, was—I remember watching every game. Won three road playoff games. It was, uh, you know, just—and everyone was just—they were underdogs, and they just—they just managed to pull it out. So it was was,
1: every week was more shocking than the next. That is a good one. And in between that time, you've got—and Shane uh, again, I think age does matter here. So how old were you in '91 when the Giants won?
3: '91, I was six. I was uh, 15, gonna turn 16.
1: Okay, so you're able to fully appreciate that at that point, but that's a full generation because there was one Super Bowl that did not go well at all in between that no, time. The Ravens. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and so then by this time, like this was your first adult age like uh, triumph as a sports fan, or at least as a Giants fan. Yeah, I can see it. And it's like Jamal was saying, there's something to be said for beating Brady, right? Like there, there's a common yep. denominator. I feel like here.
3: Not, not only Brady, but the 18-0 Patriots right. at the time. So, right. was
1: a- How good does it feel? And I guess Joe Rigotti, who's sitting like five feet away from me, he's a Giants fan too. I do need to ask you because there's only one fan base that can truly, fully appreciate this. But how? what is it like being a fan of the team that ended the quest for a modern-day undefeated season? Like How many times have you held that over someone's head?
3: Uh, a few times. The only, the only problem is that I'm an anti-Dolphin fan, so I kind of wish they only were undefeated <laughs> like it. Because
1: I, I'm tired of the Dolphins
3: having the only undefeated. Ah,
1: that's where Shane's pettiness comes out. I like it. I appreciate that. Proud of the Giants, petty against the Dolphins. That is, uh, exactly. That's really uh, hilarious, and I appreciate the call, Shane. But um, that is the ultimate trump card, right? Like Nobody can come at you. Especially a Patriots fan. Patriots fans can come at absolutely everybody. Everybody except Giants fans. And now, to an extent, Eagles fans. Like That's got to be a glorious feeling. Because, good God, as a Dolphins guy, like how do I ever respond to Patriots fans? Oh, well, remember the one time that uh, we had the Wildcat game? Uh, remember the one time that we had the luckiest play in NFL history? And uh, uh, beat you with Ryan Tannehill? Like, that, that, what does that do? Like, fine, those were blips in the road uh, or or bumps in the road and blips on the radar. I've got all of my analogies completely screwed up, but those are nothing compared to what the Patriots did with that dynasty. But that's, I mean, how can you ever clap back at, oh, yeah, we ruined your undefeated season in the Super Bowl? Like, that's perfect. No pun intended. Like, that that is absolute perfection. When if you had a holy bleep I can't believe my team is here moment 8887603776888 seven six zero three seven seven six and we are tweeting again at ESPN West Palm let's head to Twitter Wisconsin basketball playing for a national championship in 2015 I knew they were good enough to be there but seeing the road they had to take I just didn't think it was possible uh this from Jensen Jennings again on Twitter so Wisconsin basketball that's a funny one uh because I was actually I spent a year In Madison, out of college. Uh, Within the company, the parent company of ESPN West Palm is Good Karma Brands. And so one of the stations is ESPN Madison. I'm so old that uh, I worked at that station when it was a Fox Sports affiliate. Same company, but man, I am am just an old, withering human being. But I covered Wisconsin basketball the year that they were a one-seed for the first time in the NCAA tournament. Uh, or number one in the nation at one point, I should say. They were a two-seed in the tournament, but that was um, Alondo Tucker was on that team. Uh, They were stacked. I mean, they were really, really good, and Cole Center was rocking, and then they got knocked out in the second round of the tournament. So for me to see Wisconsin make that run in 2015... That was a feel-good thing. Like it brought back a lot of memories to the awesome year I spent in Madison, which also proved to me that if I went to college at the University of Wisconsin, I would have lasted one single semester because I would have flunked out immediately because that one year I was just removed from college, the one year I worked in Madison, was like being in college and being on a bender, except I was getting paid. Not a lot, but I was getting paid for it. If I went to college there, done. Nothing. That would have been a disaster, and my parents would have disowned me. When is your team at a holy bleep moment? I can't believe we're here. Clifford Spurlock. Honestly, it was FAU while Lane Kiffin was head coach. That was a surreal time. Boy, can I speak to that. So here is the disclaimer that I always have to give. I'm the play-by-play voice of Florida Atlantic football and basketball. So yes, the entire time that I was with FAU started in 2009. Uh, it was bad, 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 bad. The football was largely just bad in fact the entire from 2009 to 2017 really the the most dramatic part of that entire run there were a couple of things one was the head coach being relieved of his duties for allegedly uh, doing drugs during a bye week Carl Polini uh so that wasn't good uh and then it was nearly beating Florida in overtime in there was Howard Schnellenberger's retirement things that you appreciate you're proud of but from a competitive standpoint yeah not great Then Lane Kiffin came to Florida Atlantic, and everything changed. I mean, in year one, they run the table in the conference. They go to the Conference USA title game. I remember the morning of the Conference USA title game after so many years of setbacks and so many years of blah. like They're never going to be able to amount to anything. They've got all this Florida talent, but maybe this program's just cursed. Uh, And I love them, so you're going to stick with them, but it's hard. It's hard sometimes, including a loss at Wyoming where FAU had a six-point lead. All they had to do was run out the clock from the Wyoming four, and the quarterback fumbles, and Wyoming hits an 88-yard pass play two plays later and wins the game. Like Those are the types of things I'm talking about uh, with FAU. But Lane Kiffin comes, and everything changed, and it was magical. And the morning of the Conference USA title game, I woke up, I called my broadcast partner, Chris Bartels, and I said, brother, I can't believe this is happening. Like, this is actually something that we're able to be a part of. And then they went out and throttled North Texas, and now FAU is considered one of the better group of five teams. That's awesome. That's great stuff. And that's a great call with FAU. Um, uh, let's uh, also go to Matt Shute. He says he's a Canes fan and a Miami fan. 2003 Fiesta Bowl. 2003 World Series, that would be the Marlins, and 2019 NBA Finals uh, as well. Um, And so uh, I think the Marlins one, I got that a couple of times on Twitter, at ESPN West Palm. That one's a fun one because they came out of nowhere. And that holds a special place in my heart as well, uh, being a White Sox fan, seeing the Cubs suffer. I mean, just suffer. And, Joe, I said it last week uh, that up until 2005, the best moment of my sports life, for at least a year and a half, was Bartman. Was the Bartman incident. Was everything that torpedoed that series in the Cubs' magical season. Ooh, I still get goosebumps thinking about it. It's just amazing. And I remember where I was when it happened, sitting in my college dorm room and all hell broke loose, and my Cubs roommate, uh, Cubs fan roommate is like tears rolling down his face, and I love the guy. But, Jesus, did that feel good because you knew. You knew at that point that the Cubs were screwed and there was nothing they were going to do in Game 7 that was going to bring them back. And God, that felt awesome. So, yes, uh, Marlins fans, I feel you with the 2003 World Series. And I'm bored with you. Well, continue to take your calls. The Suns and the Bucks are in the NBA Finals, and you can just tell the fan bases are going through a collective, oh, my God. I can't believe this is happening. This is amazing. When have you as a sports fan had a holy bleep, I can't believe my team is here moment. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweet at ESPN West Palm. Ken Levick Alive is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. In fact, the man in charge, Dr. Jim Reardon, is going to spend a couple of minutes with us tomorrow uh, to give his memories of uh, Nassau Coliseum. He used to work there, and I know Coquel, Big Islanders guy when they're winning, uh, he's talked about on the show how he's going to miss uh, Nassau Coliseum. Well, Dr. Reardon's going to spend you know, four or five minutes with us and just give his memories of a place that uh, is about to uh, become a part of hockey lore instead. Of hockey present, but the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, whether it's working in facilities, whether it's working in a front office, whether it's working on the field, whether it's working at a local, college, or professional level, they are going to find you a job in the sports industry. An MBA in sport management at Florida Atlantic, that is your ticket. That is elite level. It is internationally renowned. You can't deny it. Find out more fau.edu slash MBA Sport, fau.edu slash MBA Sport, and get yourself into fall semester classes. That's fau.edu slash MBA Sport. When we return, golf last night took center stage, at least until basketball started. And for me, it was just sort of a lot of eh. What were the main takeaways? All involved Aaron Rodgers. He's Joe Rigotti. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063.
0: Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888 760 3776. It's Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken LaVica and Chris Coquel. The match last
1: night. It was fun. It was fine. Not a lot of fireworks, but it did give us an opportunity. To see Aaron Rodgers in the flesh again. What excitement. Ken Levick Alive and don't forget subscribe to the podcast. It comes right to your phone if you subscribe to it. It comes right to your tablet if you subscribe to it. We're literally putting it on a digital platter for you. You can get it Apple Podcasts wherever you get your podcast. That's Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel Podcast. Subscribe to it. Rate it. Give it five stars or don't waste our time. Again, Apple Podcasts wherever you get your podcast. So Last night you had a team of Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers taking on Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. And like everything with Rodgers, that means that we revisit the soap opera that has taken the nation. It has swept the nation. It's As the Cheese Turns. As
2: the Cheese Turns. This portion brought to you today by
1: FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash sport. And by Lawler & Associates Personal Injury Attorneys. Ah, yeah, so seamless, so smooth. But last night, Aaron Rodgers, part of the winning team with Bryson DeChambeau, and a little bit disappointing that Bryson DeChambeau didn't, like he typically does, wear a stupid hat. Like, this is on brand for him to wear that stupid old-timey golf hat, and he just wore a Regular hat. Like, it was actually really, truly uh, disappointing. And I'm not a big Bryson DeChambeau guy. Like, do we really need to do physics and math for everything? Like, do we really need that in golf? Like, just go and hit the ball, okay? Like, read the green. I don't, I don't need physics involved, smarty pants. I don't need any of that. But Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau, uh beat Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. But there was one line that stole the night. And it came from the uh, the sudden comedian, the man whose personality we didn't see it for 16 years while he was in uh, New England, but now it has come to the forefront. Listen to this zinger towards Aaron Rodgers from Tom Brady. Bobby G, are you are you? What are, are you not? not at the beach too much. You're ready to
3: go, aren't you? I mean, we're we're get we're going here in three weeks. I know my guy. Yes, we're works are I mean, I'm. I'm wondering if you're ready. You missed all of OTAs. You're out <laughs> golfing now. I have. You haven't seen me do anything. I've been just training, getting ready, catching footballs. I'm studying my competition. Look, I'm. I'm 30 yards away from Aaron, who's you know, you know, the the leader of the Packers. I think. Uh, you know, so I'm going to be. I'm just watching his mannerisms. I'm studying. I'm. I'm a recruitment a little bit.
1: The leader of the Packers. I think, and by the way, Tom Brady was on the phone with Gronk. Uh, they, or Gronk just randomly called in. Barack Obama randomly called into this thing last night. Uh, but, it, you know, just Brady having a conversation on the golf course with Gronk and taking shots at Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it was pretty clear last night that Aaron Rodgers really didn't want anything to do with anything discussing football, discussing the Packers. And so if you thought that Aaron Rodgers watching him golf with uh, with the guy who didn't wear the stupid hat, like what are you thinking, Bryson? You've got a brand. Again, I can't get over this. Why didn't you wear a stupid hat? But if you think you were going to glean anything from Aaron Rodgers from last night, like you were sorely mistaken. And last night was fine. It was okay. I think it was weird that it started at six o'clock on a Tuesday. Like, that definitely didn't help the cause. And it's going up against the NBA Finals. Like, if this was played on a Saturday afternoon, uh, I I think that it would have been a little bit more electric. I think there would have been more of a buildup to it. Because you remember, the one that was played down here uh, was um, with Tiger and Phil and Peyton and Brady. Like, we were coming off of weeks and weeks and weeks of nothing because of the pandemic everything was shut down so this was going to be the first true like superstar competition that we had seen in like a month and a half or two months and i feel like there was a lot of lead up to that there was a lot of buzz to that uh and uh, the tv ratings uh suggested as such as well but again that was the only thing going at that point the only live sporting event so this went up against the nba finals but also they played it on a tuesday not ideal At all. And Aaron Rodgers, you knew he wasn't going to tip his cap to anything. I thought maybe there'd be a snarky comment or two. But I wake up feeling unfulfilled because, one, I don't know anything further about Aaron Rodgers' mindset. Uh, And Packers fans, though, I'm sure they feel more uneasy than I do because he gave them... Nothing to latch on to. Nothing to latch on to. The only thing that has Packers fans with a little modicum of hope was a tweet that Aaron Rodgers sent after the Bucks beat the Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals that said, Go Bucks four more. Like, How sad is that? An entire fan base, arguably the best in the NFL, is hanging on to a Go Bucks" tweet from Aaron Rodgers as they try and console themselves and make themselves feel better that Aaron Rodgers will actually show up to Packers training camp. Packers fans, i got bad news for you. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I will say this, too. Aaron Rodgers looks relaxed. He looks like a guy who has taken time for himself. Looks like a guy who's done a lot of reflecting. A guy, a guy who's done a lot of thinking and working on himself. I mean, he looks great. He looks great, and it's also unfair. I can't stand people that are really good at a lot of things, and Aaron Rodgers is really good at a lot of things. He can throw a football maybe unlike anybody we've ever seen. He has better pocket presence and ability outside of the pocket maybe than any other quarterback we've ever seen, and he can hit the hell out of a golf ball, and he's an outstanding golfer. You know how crazy that drives me? Because I can't do any of those things. I can barely talk, and that's what I do for a living. Like, that's how I make my money, and I don't even talk that well. Like, that's an issue. Aaron Rodgers is just so good at everything. And add to that, he's the master now of drama, of suspense. He's kept an entire fan base in an entire state on the edge of its seat for months and months and months now and hasn't tipped his cap once. It's truly incredible. And that, again, leads me to believe that, Packers fans, I don't think this is going to end well for you. And, Bryson, why wouldn't you wear the stupid hat? Wear the hat. It's part of your brand. Take that free advice from me. Ken LeVick alive here on ESPN 106.3. Joe Rigotti hanging out, running things, making sure things don't go off the rails. Coquel will be back on Monday. But uh, I want to tell you about Greenway Kia west palm beach because uh there is a lot of uh, chaos in my life a lot of craziness in my life it's come to work go home take the girls to swim class uh or take the girls to dance come home get dinner ready do it all again head to this meeting head to this happy hour shake some hands kiss some babies and i need a dependable way to get there and that's where greenway Kia west palm beach comes in because Uh, When I went there to find an automobile that fit all of those needs, checked all of those boxes, good mileage, safe, can handle car seats and my family, and me beating the all living hell out of it, they said, Ken, how about this K5 GT, this Kia K5 GT? I said, oh boy, it's got a GT in his name. That sounds expensive as hell. They said, well, Ken, we, we can find a way. We can find a way to make the finances work. And I said, well, my credit sucks because I'm terrible at math and I don't count and I spend too much when I don't have a lot. So it's fine. We're going to make it work. Sure enough, they did. And they did it in a manner in which I felt comfortable, in a manner in which they felt comfortable, and they treated me like an adult. And that is what I appreciate, the trust that you get at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. And part of that is their credit clinic. They, They will sit people down and people will say, I I don't know. My credit's terrible. I don't think I'm in the market for a new car. They'll say, well, actually, you are. Let's find a way. And then you leave feeling like, man, they really were in it for me. And that's rare, especially when you're buying an automobile and they're trying to hustle you in and out and trying to hustle you on a car. No, 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 no. Not at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Go to GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. You can check out all of their cars, all of their selection, all of the different types, and not to mention some of their financing options. But it's really when you go into Greenway Kia West Palm Beach off Military Trail right by PBI in West Palm where you're going to get the full feel of them being in it for you. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. That's GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. It's where I got my Kia K5 GT, and that's where you're going to have a trustworthy car buying experience. When we come back here to Ken LeVick Alive, Let's just be honest about something. Shakari Richardson flat out got screwed, and it's a matter of what you think is proper, whether it is heavy-handed punishment or someone atoning for their mistakes, and that's a worldview, and we're going to make a decision about it next. He's Joe Rigotti. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.
0: From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU-MBA and Sport Management Program. Now back to Ken and Kokel.
1: I find myself continually irritated now by how Shakari Richardson has been treated over the last week or so, and especially after last night, uh, because it doesn't make any sense. But I also feel like it may be my view of how people learn lessons compared to other people's view about how people learn lessons. Ken Levick alive here on a Wednesday on ESPN 106.3. Short week for you all, but glad you're hanging out with us. Uh, And uh, really good stuff if you missed it yesterday. Pat Lawler of Lawler & Associates Personal Injury Attorneys. He had his weekly segment with us. He's our sports law insider and our sports agent insider And uh, he was not on board with my thought that Reggie Bush should get his Heisman trophy back. Pat was vehemently opposed to that thought, in fact, saying that what Reggie Bush did, what his family did, was so egregious that, no, this push for Reggie Bush to get his Heisman back, forget it. I disagree with Pat. Pat disagrees with me. It's really good back and forth, and that's why you need to check it out on the Ken LaVica Live featuring Coquel Podcast. Again, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And Lawler and Associates, uh, no matter what, whether he thinks Reggie Bush should uh, get his Heisman or not, Pat Lawler is going to take care of you. You can trust him in personal injury matters. Uh, it's really, say you're outside somewhere and you slip and fall, you injure yourself, or you're in a car accident, or you're in a boat accident, or you're in a motorcycle accident, and you feel like you've been wronged. Uh, sometimes it's tough to get your footing. Sometimes it's tough to know what direction to turn to. Well, That's where Lawler & Associates personal injury attorneys come in because Pat Lawler and his team, they've been doing it for decades, decades and decades of experience. They have the experience, they have the know-how, but they also have the desire to help you. Sometimes with some of these personal injury law firms, you're just a number, you're just a statistic, you're thrown to the bottom of the pile, and then when they get to you, they get to you, they throw together a case for you, and they cross their fingers and they hope. Not at Lawler & Associates. Again, Lawler & Associates. So if you're in this situation that I'm talking about right now, now, uh, don't waste any more time. Don't live in the dark. Try and move forward because you want to get and you deserve compensation if you have been wronged. And that is where Pat Lawler comes in. Want to lawyer for your free consultation, free consultation. wanttolawyerup.com. That's Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates, Personal Injury Attorneys. You can trust him. He's a good friend of mine. I put my name on the line for him. That's Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates, Personal Injury Attorneys. So we find out yesterday that the elite sprinter, arguably the best in the world, sure as hell the best in this country, Sha'Carri Richardson, is not going to go to the Tokyo Olympics in any way, shape, or form. We already knew it wasn't going to happen in the hundred meter dash uh, because of her positive marijuana test that a white out her Olympics trials win therefore she can't qualify to go to the Olympics but there was still hope and it looked like it was almost a certainty that she was going to be put on the 4x100 team well US track and field decided to go in a different direction and now Shakari Richardson is not going to be included at all and it's bubbly it's garbage and it drives me crazy and in fact it's embarrassing so shakari richardson has not only gone on national television and apologized for smoking weed as a coping mechanism for uh, following the death of her biological mother but she also has completed all of the probation and all of the tasks subsequent that has been asked of her and did it in a very very quick manner she's apologized she's owned it she's taken responsibility she's explained herself That's a lot more than a lot of people do, especially at the highest levels of our government when it comes to owning mistakes or owning that they've done wrong or they've been a part of doing something wrong. And there are sections of this country that just give a pass because they're on their team. So those are also the same people that I hear saying that Sha'Carri Richardson, she hasn't learned her lesson. You got to follow the rules. Whoa, 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 whoa. Your favorite politician, are they following the rules? Are they owning up to anything? She's a hundred times the human being that most of the people in Washington are. From that standpoint, if that's what you're judging, then Shakira Richardson is a hundred times the American that most of the people in Washington are, okay? So she's done all the tasks of her. She's gone on national television and owned all of this. I made a mistake smoking weed, which, by the way, is legal in 19 states in this country, including the one that she resides in. And so I mentioned on social media, at KLV1063, that that's embarrassing. She, at the very least, should be on the 4x100 team. And it's a setback for our Olympic team that she's not on it, and for our country as a whole from a competition standpoint. And I get a tweet last night. That reads the following. Why is this embarrassing? Is breaking established rules a message we want to promote? I don't get it. She has done everything asked of her. She broke a rule, absolutely. And a lot of times in this country, and again, I'm going to reference politics again. A lot of rules are broke, A lot of rules are broken. And at this point in our history nobody faces consequences for anything other than maybe getting kicked off of social media. That's the lone consequence. But it also, I feel like, comes down to how you're raised, and it feels like it also comes down to a worldview. For me, and this is how I parent as well, and I'm not saying I'm a perfect parent. I lack, in a lot of ways, professionally, parenting, like across the board. I'm just shoddy across the board, okay? I'll own up to that. But I also feel like if my kids act out, if they defy me, if they don't listen, what good am I doing if I impose a brutal punishment that instills fear, that doesn't send any message other than me being cruel, or do I approach it and reward them for understanding what they did wrong admitting what they did wrong, taking responsibility for what they did wrong, and atoning for it. In this country, we love the iron fist. From our prison system to our schooling system, we love second chances, but we don't want to give them. Like, we love the story of the underdog and coming from nothing. But also, it's much easier to say that than it is to actually live that. And that's what we're seeing here with Shakari Richardson. Shakari Richardson not being on the 4x100 team has nothing to do with her learning a lesson and has everything to do with how we do things in America. Punish, 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 punish. Say we want somebody to learn something, but then we don't actually want to follow through on it. Like, this is the personification of it. So it is embarrassing that Shakari Richardson's not on the 4x100 team. And you know what? Sometimes when someone is elite, someone is the best at what they do, but especially when they own that they made a mistake. She didn't have to. She didn't have to. She could have said, bleep it. I'm Shakari Richardson. I'm the fastest in the world. Get off me. I don't want to hear this criticism. Stop judging me. But no, she went on the Today Show and apologized for it and continues to do so. She doesn't need to apologize anymore. When you're elite sometimes like her, you probably should get the benefit of the doubt. Me as an American, I want to win. Okay? I want to win. I want Shakira Richardson to represent this country. She rules. And she's a role model. Oh, but she smoked weed. I don't care. Shut up. She's a role model. And partly because my daughters see her Taking responsibility For what she did For the rule she broke Even though it wasn't Breaking the law She broke an Antiquated garbage rule And she still Owned up to it And did everything Asked of her And is still Being punished for it And yet we still Want punishment For her Apparently Missing the games Completely That's such a Messed up worldview, though Ah Heavy hand Iron fist Punish 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 Instead of take responsibility, own the mistake, and become better. That's not, not what's happening here. It's, Shikari so Richardson, her being left out of the Olympics is making people who believe in smackdown punishment, it's emboldening them. It is making them feel better about this. That's not a good way to live life, and it's not a good way to parent. Because then, if you keep punishing and punishing and punishing, there's too much fear to actually own up to making a mistake. That's how deflection comes in. That's how putting on other people comes in. Shakari Richardson blamed no one but herself. Not the person who gave her the weed, not the person she smoked with her. Her, her, her. But we want to keep punishing. And I can't help but thinking it's because she's a young, brash black athlete and I hate to go to that place but man does it seem like it because I'm not quite sure that brash young white athlete we have this quest to continue to punch her and punch her and punch her into the ground like the Olympics in and of themselves are a tired act and now you have an electrifying athlete a fine representative of this country who after she won the Olympic trials, showed nothing but joy at being able to represent her country but it's never enough for you people Oh, she didn't sing the National Anthem. She didn't put her hand on her heart. She kneeled. Now it's she broke a rule that should have been wiped off the books 20 years ago. It's never enough. All we want is punishment. All we want to do is scream and yell and scream and yell and scream and yell. And now good. You've eliminated the best United States story because of your want to continue to punish, 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 instead of allowing someone to recognize they made a mistake and then letting her be rewarded for taking responsibility. Again, something that no damn person who runs this country is ever willing to do. Flat out, straight out, period. Should Shakari Richardson be on the 4x100 team? Did she get screwed? 888 760 3776. 888 760 3776, and you can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. More to come after this, including something that we didn't get to yesterday that I need to tell you about today because we have a witch in baseball, and it's incredible. He's Joe Rigotti. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063.
0: Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888 760 3776. It's Ken Lavicka Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken Lavicka and Chris Coquel.
1: Nick Castellanos of the Reds. Baseball Witch. We'll tell you why in just a second. Ken Levick alive. Really appreciate Joe Rigotti uh, making sure that things uh, don't go full chaos here in Coquel's absence. Uh, and uh, we're going to get to Nick Castellanos in a second here. But before that, it's hot, it's gross, and we've had a near miss with a tropical storm. And you just get the sense that the summer and into the fall is going to be full of us being target practice for tropical weather. If the power goes out, Or if your AC gets overloaded, shorts out, which is what can happen sometimes with power outages, you need a plan. And this is important. Like this is just as, to me, just as important as making sure you're stocked up on water stocked up on food making sure your storm shutters are ready to go you need an air conditioning plan that's where eds comes in eds is yes especially this time of year i can't stress it enough because like lives are in the balance down here in south florida with this heat with this humidity if your air conditioning's not right eds is yes eds air conditioning uh they are family owned you can rely on them and they've been doing it in palm beach county and the treasure coast for 16 years like they know the area they know what they're doing they know their clientele uh eds air conditioning they're also a train comfort specialist it's hard to stop a train what does that mean i've heard you say that ken well they're using the best that air conditioning has to offer the best units the best tools that is what EDS is. And when uh, you have an air conditioning emergency, it's tough because you have to wait, 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 wait. They do their best to schedule appointments around you as opposed to, oh, we'll be there between 6 a.m. and uh, 7 p.m. No, they're trying their best to work around you at EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is, yes, have your air conditioning plan. They handle your plumbing matters as well. EDS Air Conditioning. Go to EDSAirConditioning.com. EDSAirConditioning.com. EDS is yes. All right, we need to discuss this. Our equipment blew up yesterday when we tried to do this. Maybe if Nick Castellanos is a witch, it's a sign that he's controlling things from the depths of hell or wherever witches come from. I don't know. I think I have my analogies mixed up there or my allegories. But um, uh, Nick Castellanos, if you remember, is the guy who hit the home run during Tom Brenneman's apology for a hot mic anti-Semitic slur that basically ended his career last baseball season. Uh, Let's listen to the greatness that was not only Tom Brenneman in a uh, a mid-apology career flashing before his eyes, having the wherewithal to still call the home run, but Nick Castellanos also not giving a bleep about his timing when it comes to hitting a home run.
2: I made a comment earlier tonight that uh, I guess uh, went out over the air that I am deeply ashamed of. Uh, If I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart, I'm so very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a a man of faith, as there's a drive in a deep left field (laughs) by Castellanos it would be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4-0 game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. I don't know if it's going to be for the Reds. I don't know if it's going to be for my bosses at Fox. I'm going to apologize for the people who signed my paycheck. All
1: right, so it's just magnificent. It is absolutely magnificent, everything about that. Not the fact that Tom Bredeman is about to have his career ended. Uh, Those were his final words on a mic up until this point. But the way he called that home run during his apology, I mean, it's it's expert level. It's elite. So Nick Castellanos, how does he play into this again? Well, same ballpark, Kauffman Stadium. In Kansas City last night, and by the way, the Tom Brenneman audio was courtesy of Fox Sports Ohio, let's go to Bally Sports Kansas City, where on Monday, the broadcasters coming back from commercial break, starting a new half inning, this was time to eulogize a 92-year-old war veteran, Nick Castellanos at the plate, and I bet you can imagine what happened next.
2: Well, we're going to tell you about a great man, and it's a loss for the Royals family. This is George Gorman, who passed away at the age of 96. He served our country in World War II. He went to the University of Kansas, and so did his son, Pat Gorman, who's been working for the Royals in the clubhouse for 26 years. Wow. And that was Pat's father that's a great life 96 years and pat just like his dad went to ku he also went to bishop ward high school Uh there's a drive into deep left center field and there's never a great time to (laughs) eulogize someone during the broadcast so we apologize
1: yes Nick Castellanos, he doesn't care. Broadcaster, he doesn't care if you're apologizing or you're eulogizing. He's going to hit a damn home run while you're doing it. Nick Castellanos is a baseball witch. Now, because I'm into this sort of thing, before we go, me as a play-by-play broadcaster, a lot of things go through my head. How would I handle this? How would I handle this? How would I handle this? And I'm not here to disparage anybody, but I do want to bring you back because looking for those highlights yesterday, I went down a wormhole, and let's go back to Tom Brenneman for a second. 2015, Fox Sports Ohio, the Cincinnati Reds at the Milwaukee Brewers, and get a load of this. Before not being able to continue this season due to his battle with cancer by his
3: wife of 22 years, Karen, and their 12 year old son, Bryson. We at Fox Sports Ohio send our prayers and deepest sympathies to the Burns family and the entire NASCAR community was just 56 years of age, and Tom and Chris, he was a guy that I admired because he uh, did his homework. He was solid on the air, but he didn't take his didn't take himself too seriously. He had great rapport with the drivers and the crews, and that really came across.
2: And uh, he's going to be a guy that's going to be sorely missed. And this ball will be missed off the bat of no, Jimmy Bottom. Tom. Oh, my goodness. Is this guy Tom. on fire?
1: Tom, you can't piggyback off of someone who is memorializing someone who died of cancer into a home run call just moments later. Tom, Tom, I hate we have to end on that note, but our time here is done. We'll be back tomorrow. Tom, I mean, that's egregious. Joe is beside himself right now. For Joe Rigotti, I'm Ken Levicka. We've been live on ESPN 106.3. Bye-bye.